Guru Nation, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. It really means a lot to me. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Thank you so much. Leave a review. I wanted to also thank my sponsors who make this show possible. The first one is Viva Sight Vault. Absolutely free. By the way, links to all of this stuff is in the show notes. Viva Sight Vault. If you are a site and you wanted to dip your toe into going digital and for e-reg and to start messing around with e-signatures, this is the way to go. They are the biggest name in our industry from a tech vendor standpoint. They're site-centric. They make this easy for us, guys and gals. And it's absolutely free. Sites.viva.com. Check it out. I use it. I also use Versatrail, which is my next sponsor. Versatrail has made my life so easy as a coordinator from an organization standpoint. Links to all these portals are in one easy place. You can literally link to anything you can think of, whether it's a protocol or it's the latest informed consent form or it's the IRT or it's the vendor to upload this or the other vendor to upload that. It's all there in one easy place. Not to mention, they do a lot on the feasibility side, which makes feasibility surveys a breeze. Check it out. This is a company that is going places. Versatrail. My next sponsor is Creo. I've been using Creo for years. They are eSource and eReg and CTMS and patient database and eConsent and so many more other things. And while they are not free, I definitely think it is worth the price for what you are getting. It has streamlined my research studies and my site, and I got all my coordinators trained on it, and I could not picture running my site without Creo. So check it out. Link in the show note. Finally, Inato, a free service for business development. Go figure. Link in the show note. It makes figuring out what studies you want easier. It makes figuring out what you're going to get if you accept the study super simple. And it really streamlines the process for knowing what's out there on the market. You can use it for as many investigators as you have. And again, it's absolutely free in Nato. Also in the show notes are links to the businesses I own, specifically DSCS, where we help sites get studies, do their contracts, help you with surveys, anything else you can think of, a shoulder to cry on, low monthly fee. And then we have the CRA, CRC Academies, and everything. There we go. All right. Live, 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 everyone. This is Dr. Fox. I'm sorry for the uh, technical difficulties here. Still trying to learn how to do some of these uh, streaming things. Uh, hey, Chris, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? It's good. 
It's good. It's good to see you. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Good morning. Uh, like, I don't uh, know if you've seen else? it, but trying to uh, trying to up the game here a little bit at SOS. I'm trying to do some layouts, things like that. I'm not sure if everything's quite working right. So for anyone out there joining live right now, uh, Brad, he's a uh, he's off out of town. He's on a road trip right now, and he said, you know, I I can't do note to file live. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll take this slot. For anyone who likes to listen out to file live, uh, we'll bring this in and maybe start talking about some really important things for SOS. Number one is Save Our Sites Conference. It's going up very well. I don't know if you saw a backdrop, but I don't think it worked correctly. Very special the SOS, Well, <clears throat> it's covered by you and I, the mm -hmm. backdrop, but I can see that it's there. Yep, it's there. I, I made another really fancy overlay, but I don't think that, uh, yeah, I don't think it quite works. So I got to oh, figure out how to put us in front of that. That was my goal, but uh, we'll, we'll figure that out later. For now, let's have this conversation. Uh, SaveOurSites.com. Thank you to our Save Our Sites Alliance. Eventually, you're going to see this with our camera faces over it. I'm just not there yet. And uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't get Brad to help us out. So there's Dan. Hey, Dan, how's it going? I'm doing good. Let's stream this to LinkedIn, Facebook. LinkedIn. I can only do two right now. Okay, Facebook, LinkedIn. It's on. Okay. Uh, CRC story. CRC. Yep. So again, I'll I'll click this one more time. I do want to give a big shout out to our Save Our Sites Alliance. If you see at the bottom, we've got One in Health, Greenfire, Real Time, Clinically, Creo. Eventually, this is going to be our backdrop for our conversations, but we're just not there yet. Uh, most them. importantly is uh, maybe Brad can help us with that. But for now, let's let's get back to the get back. To Love the them. And if there's others out there, if your logo is missing and you're having FOMO, well, Fox is the right guy to talk to you. His Time new to nickname out. today, today only is FOMO Fox. <laughs> FOMO Fox. So big plug out, big plug to save our sites. Thanks for everyone for watching. But let's get down to business here. Brad's gone. I figured. Where is, where is Brad? Oh, he's on a road trip. He's on a very special road trip. He just leaves without down. Yeah. But I thought, what better day to talk about Save Our Sites? The big deal about Save Our Sites is our coordinators. And I thought, let's have an open mic day today. And let's just talk about the challenges of our coordinators. I mean, let's talk about the challenges of our site owner because the, my coordinators are not here. I told one of them to be here, to be on camera, and that could be why she's not here. <laughs> now she didn't want to be on camera. So I've we'll got catch some her when she walks in. But let's talk about stories. So have both of you? You've been coordinators, right? You both coordinated visits, patient Still, visits, man. right? Still. Yeah. Okay. So, needless to say, have you had? crazy challenges and we're talking about like out on the field things that you never thought should have happened that did and somehow some way you got through it have you ever had those moments as a coordinator all types man i mean what are we talking safety personal safety or <laughs> like just paperwork monitor let's, i mean let's talk about it i wanted to call it war stories but you know well, we've all got our war stories from being a coordinator chris let's start with you man so you when i say tell me your war story as a coordinator what's the crazy really stories you've ever had i don't really have one other than literally having a yelling match with a cra wow um, the only one that really, for whatever reason, comes to mind as a safety issue, I mean, unless you consider yelling at a CRA and potentially losing a study <laughs> a safety issue. Um, Can you tell, why, why were you yelling at a CRA? Yeah, was, Chris, what's wrong with you? What's so going on? The CRA actually, at a later time, got fired from the sponsor because <laughs> um, she thought that she wrote the protocol, right? I mean, I, I'm, all, I'm guessing it to her line of thought, right? But there was an amendment coming out for the study shortly. Um, everybody knew it. The sponsor had informed every, all the sites. And she was insisting that 
something be done that wasn't in the current protocol and the amendment hadn't finalized yet. She said, this will be in the amendment, do it now. What? And I told her that's not correct. The current protocol says it's to be done this way. So... So wait, so that the protocol wasn't yet IRB approved. It wasn't the official version of the correct. study. And the CRA said, do it anyway. It was insisting that we do it what will soon be the amended way. Yep. And... I was informing her, listen, I'm, I'm the coordinator. Uh, I know the PI is not here, but I'm sure the PI would agree mm -hmm. to do whatever the protocol says. Yep. And she was telling me, well, I'm telling you, that's not correct. We so, had it. Yeah. We had it the other way around where there was a new protocol in place, but then the CRA said, don't sign the new informed consent yet. Don't <clears throat> reconsent the patients yet, even though there's a new protocol. It's the same thing. Yeah. Very similar. Yep. Very but, similar. In terms of safety, like true safety, the, the incident that comes to mind actually involves Dan. And I'm oh, sure he remembers this. I've got three personal safety ones. Like the, the one where the dude, you said you would never drive again. This is back yeah, when. That's, uh, one of them. that's one. Yeah. Of them. That's the only one that really comes to mind, safety wise. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, what about you, Dan? Let's hear safety one. What? Well, I mean, it's a little, you know, the caveat is like when you work in psych research like as mm -hmm. i did most of my career that's just par for the course like you're dealing with acute schizophrenics oh, some yeah. of them are uh some of them really should be hospitalized yeah they're very ill and in california it's not so easy believe it or not to get hospitalized um so i mean you have to be a grave danger to yourself or others so this study this was like 2006 2007 uh patients that were sick enough so acutely ill enough to be hospitalized but were not wow so i had to go out in the community like some of the doctors told me hey well there's this boarding care i go to over there and you know there's there's um these patients like go talk to them go talk to the nurse and they'll tell you which ones want to do the study so you go there and you know the nurse tells you okay well oh you're from doctor so and so okay this one this patient here and I mean, you can actually debate like the ethics of this. This is where it's like a blurred line because how do you consent? This is like tangent, but how do you consent? And I've never figured it out. How do you consent an acutely ill schizophrenic who doesn't really know what's going on? Yeah. yeah. That's like, a, yeah, the dimension studies also, yeah, a lot of them. Like it, the that movie where you're dreaming within a dream. I mean, it's, yeah, we all got so, story. So that actually happened in a study in which the patient refused to sign the consent under their real name because they said they would die if they did. The sponsor said, "Just make note of this and accept it." Yeah, yeah, and like some of these guys, like okay, well, they don't have legally authorized representatives. Like I know that's the textbook answer. Oh, how about legally authorizing an impartial witness? Okay, but you're taking, and these protocols get passed, like IRB approved. You're taking a patient who's literally seeing dragons in the sky, all right, and you're having them sign a consent form. So. Mm -hmm. That's neither here nor there. I was way too young in this industry to think about the ethical yeah, and our perspective. Yeah, wow. I mean, I was just out there doing my thing, and this patient was in the back seat. I'm driving him back, and he's like having a psychotic breakdown. And I'm thinking, okay, this dude's gonna like choke me out. I mean, even the nurse was like, he could get agitated at times, but he should be okay now. So I had like an wow. hour drive with him back to the site. I actually had to take him to the hospital for our inpatient study. He had no clue where he was going, but he was happy that he's getting out of his place and that he was going to get some pocket money. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, safety was a concern. I've also had a separate incident. A knife pulled out on me uh, in my office uh, by another schizophrenic patient. Um, wow. This one, he wasn't hostile, all right. Luckily for me, he's been known to fight people. He thought he was Brandon Lee. Did you ever meet him, Chris? Brandon Lee, the <laughs> I actually forgot his real name, but Brandon Lee, everyone just called him Brandon. He's 
he thought he was Bruce Lee's son. Like, for real, if you would try to argue with him, he would get mad. So okay. you're like, oh, Brandon, no worries, no worries, Brandon. Like, everything's cool. And he was actually a chill patient. But he pulled out a knife on me in my office, like one of those little quick switchblade you know, things. Yeah, like the thing. yeah. So I got scared, but he gave it to me as a gift. He's like, thank you for like treating me well. You're like, because he used to go to all these programs. He's like, thank you for treating me well. I wanted to give you this gift. Bruce Lee gave this to me. It's the eye <laughs> of the tiger on it. So I was like, wow, that was a close call, man. You know, like I started thinking like. He is cool, but I started thinking more about, okay, we got to be, like, careful with these type of patients because it's no joke. So anyone who's working, like, coordinating is hard enough, but in the psych space, it's, like, you're crazy. Your your safety's on the line at times. It is, at least it is, I don't know how to phrase this without offending somebody out there, I'm sure, but I'm still going to say it. Um, Did his delusion match his race? In other words, was he Asian? No. Yeah. So he was yeah. just fully gone. He was white, yeah. Yeah, fully so what gone. About, what about your, I guess, war stories, so to speak, trying to navigate the uh, the industry? Like, did you ever get, get yourself put into, like, a, a timely situation where you had to meet a deadline that was really, really tight and you had to get something uh, done? Chris has a good story about when he was at Disneyland with a CRA. You want to tell that one? Sure. So, um I was very new to research at the time. Um, I think I'd been a coordinator for maybe six months. And this, uh, I like this CRA. Um, she was very nice, very helpful. Um, and this is a good point to anybody out there that's new to being a coordinator, uh, or excuse me, new to being a CRA, uh, be nice to your coordinators because they'll help you out. <laughs> Um, anyhow, I just brought my family to Disneyland. It was a Sunday, I believe. Yeah, Sunday. Um, and she had my cell number and I got a call from her and she said she needed something done in EDC immediately, that she was getting a lot of push from those upstairs that this had to be done ASAP. And I explained to her, listen, I just got to Disneyland. My family will literally kill me if I drag them back home. (laughs) Um, can this wait till tomorrow? And she goes, no, it has to be done today. But so long as it's done before midnight, your time, that would be acceptable. I said, okay, I'll, I'll try and get out of here in time to get home before midnight and get this done. And I did. I made, I made sure I was home in time to get it done. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't have done that if I didn't care for the CRA or the CRA was kind of nasty. I'll take care of this tomorrow when I'm at work. You missed the fire, the midnight fireworks. Because yep. of the CRA being nice, this is that sacrifice, guys. That's true sacrifice. Yep. We had one. You're gonna love this, uh, especially as an administrator. You might like this, but we had a trial where uh, the the contract negotiators required pre-authorization before any dry ice was paid for, which means that it put our coordinators in this pickle where they had these samples that had to go out. It was timely. It had to be part of the labs. And uh, before they were allowed to ship it out at any time after the visit, they had to go into a central office and say, Hey, we've got samples. Can we get some dry ice? Can we make dry ice or use dry ice to ship these samples? And so it added this level of authority on to the like the budget negotiation parts where it's like the coordinators not only did they have to get samples out timely and prevent deviations but also they had to go to the sponsor and say hey can we have dry ice to ship this sample every single time so it put them in quite the pickle that was an interesting like a timely one like it was was a terrible logistic we didn't put many patients on there because it was just terrible to try to do these visits Mm -hmm. okay Finally, now Evelyn, Evelyn Vias. She's for those that know Jaime Vias. That's his. Hi, student, Hi. Right, she's brand new. She's not a coordinator yet. She's a research assistant. Gonna be a coordinator, and maybe in like two months, three months. When are you done? She's in the CRC Academy. Right, she's got uh, one story, but she wants to add a twist. 
She wants to say it in Spanish for our Latinos in clinical research and Spanish community. So, Evelyn, take my seat. Three minutes, whatever, however long you want to go. She's shy, guys. She's coming. Everyone give a round of applause. She's, like, coming on the spot. All right? Spanish. This is for LICR. We're going to take this out for Spanish. Here you go, Evelyn. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, había un día que ocupábamos dry eyes. We needed so far. So we went to all the stores around the area, even San Luis. Um, we live in, we, well, I live in San Luis, so I call my mom and she looked for, this, um, for dry eyes at the stores at San Luis. There was no dry eyes, not foothills, not even Tomerton. In Yuma, there was no dry eyes anywhere. So um, it was so, at the end of everything, um, Dan has to go to Calexico. Shout out to Judy Galindo for picking it up in San Diego. And Daisy went to El Centro to pick it up. That was the most expensive dry ice we ever bought. <laughs> Fox told us to buy a machine. Now say the same thing in Spanish. We have a Spanish audience. Look, they're saying hola. Oh, okay. Say a whole thing in Spanish. We need okay. this clip. Nosotros nos localizamos en Yuma. Y um, hay muchos um, pueblos alrededor. Y ese día ocupamos dry ice, pero lo, era urgente. It was an emergency. And so, todo el mundo fue a buscar dry ice y no había dry ice. Like 30, miles, 30 millas alrededor, no había dry ice. Tuvieron que ir hasta el centro de California a agarrar el dry ice. It was a. Thank you, Evelyn. <laughs> Gracias. Thank you. And Evelyn's going to be CRC soon. She's in the CRC Academy. Good job, Evelyn. Thank you, guys. You watch out for her. We're going to start doing like bilingual content on the Yuma Clinical Trials YouTube channel, but that's mm -hmm. later. But right now, she's in training. She's a coordinator in training. She's entering data, she's answering queries. That's enough horror stories in and of itself. Mm -hmm. but I was my favorite part about that story, Dan. It's coordinators helping coordinators. People, I mean, straight up, coordinators are a really tight knit community, and I can't tell you how many times there's a coordinator that was like kind of struggling. The others come up there, try to lift them up, take some of the load, make things better. They help each other. The CRCs are really, really good. They're supportive of each other. You have to create a culture where the people are incentivized to help each other. Mm -hmm. That's all another. I mean, that's for SOS, for the site owners. Exactly. So a lot of these sites, a lot of you guys are creating cultures where people want to kill each other in their office. Yeah. And that's got an issue, you know. Yeah. And then uh, if you don't manage it, that's naturally like the tendencies. So you've got to, you've got to work on it. You got to put energy into eliminating or reducing entropy so and to anyone out there listening to all of our guests if you've got a crc story tell us your trial and tribulation Ta put it in text send me a link if you want to come on and talk about it this is an the open mic one, the dramatic ones are in psych but i'm trying to think yeah. of a non-psych one that was dramatic i mean it's you know you get in arguments with study directors and ctms here and there but it's not like dramatic i feel i found like a common theme is we're the last patient advocates mm -hmm. like as sites and especially as coordinators because i mean even evelyn you know she's brand new she knows a lot of the patients way better than i do because she's more mm -hmm. new. so at the end of the day like she's a patient advocate especially for the ones that don't speak english like it's only her and daisy and Jaime that are here when they're here. So patient advocacy is real. Like sometimes you do have to fight for these patients to be able to get them in. Um, I guess that's kind of a war story in and of itself. It's a big question, Dan. Can you tell us what the difference is between an assistant and a coordinator? Yeah, the way we define it, like Evelyn's here, she just started a few months ago. She's not a coordinator yet. The way I see a coordinator, you can manage all aspects of a study by yourself with no help. Obviously, you're going to have like clinical oversight. We're not telling you to sign lab results and do physical exams. But can you do a study from end to end, study startup to close out every single visit, answering every query, everything in between, regulatory too? That's a coordinator. I know other sites have different definitions, 
And then an assistant is someone, at least at my organization, that's working to become that, but is helping out with things like data entry right now, answering mm -hmm. queries, pre-screening patients, making flyers, making recruitment material. But I don't, Evelyn's not ready to be alone with a patient like you know, for the whole visit, much less the whole study. Like it's not, she's not able to do that yet. She's in the CRC Academy. She's learning. We hope within three months she will be, um, but it may take longer and that's okay. Like sometimes it takes nine months, sometimes it takes a year. Unless, unless, <clears throat> unless licensed to do so, excuse me, I had a frog in my throat. Uh, unless right. licensed to do so in regards to lab. But... Mm -hmm. so let's move, let's move to, uh, the happy moments. What's the happiest time you've ever had as a coordinator? Like the biggest victory, like slam dunk. Yes, this is awesome being a coordinator. I love what I'm doing. Really good. Hmm. I mean, my situation is unique because I was a coordinator side owner. So mm -hmm. it'd be finally getting paid. Um, I know most coordinators, maybe they get bonuses and that's like their happiest. I'm trying to think like a pure coordinator moment without money, like that has nothing to do with money. Well, let me, well, Dan, stick it out. Yeah, like you go, you go. So I think both Dan and I are unique, though, because it's just the patient interactions and the interesting stories. I mean, there's tons of them that were interesting. Some of them are inappropriate to share, <laughs> um, but quite humorous. Yeah, yeah. Dan was there for one in particular that I can recall. Um, he probably doesn't know what I'm talking about, but very humorous stories. Um, you know, I mean, and don't take this wrong. It's not like we were laughing at them. Right. Um, but you may have a conversation with somebody. Oh my goodness. This person thinks this and did that and tell the stories and just very interesting, um, stories with the patients, you know? Some may, I guess, see that as being mean. I didn't because obviously you're very kind to them and and helpful if you can be while they're there. Um, but even when they're telling, saying things or or whatever they're experiencing, and a lot of times they even found it funny, right? Um, then it's okay to laugh with them, um, which is completely different than, say, an oncology CRC. There's probably very little interesting, uh, funny information that's being shared, right? It's a lot of SAEs and, and very sick people. So, so completely different environment. Those were the happiest moments of my life was actually oncology. Uh, really? Those moments where, so we did a lot of prostate cancer studies, right? Okay. Prostate cancer is really interesting because obviously you're working with males, males who are aging a little bit. Males and, but you know, what's the, one of the key things that you do for prostate cancer treatments is a lot of hormone, hormone therapies, hormone deprivation, things like that. So you're working with these big brawny, like biker dude males who are having a hard time and who have a really hard time showing their emotion, their, their hormones are all messed up. And then you put them on a trial and this trial just literally melts away tumors. Wow. So you've got the situation where these guys, big burly biker dude, they're crying in the lab. They're so happy. They're yeah. hugging, they're hugging their families. Oh my gosh. You know, a lot of profanities thrown out. Uh, but those sheer joy, like those moments of sheer joy, like, oh my gosh, this is exactly why we do what we do. Uh We've seen it oncology. Anyone in oncology who's been in a trial where it's actually worked. Um, rheumatology. People could barely walk. And then all of a sudden, after the trial, they have their lives back again. Or dermatology. Psoriasis. Someone who hasn't worn shorts in 30 wow. years actually had a chance to wear shorts. Sometimes it's the little things. But as a coordinator we get to see that the firsthand the true impact of research that's that's what i meant by those victories is like sure 
Have you ever no, had like you you've seen you witnessed the research work and then you've witnessed what that does for that patient's life? Yep. So, what do you think, Dan? Have you ever had those? Oh yeah, I mean those kind of stories. Even as recently as this year, you know, you've got osteoarthritis of the knee study, year long study. You can hear the crepitus like through the door. The door's closed physicians doing the knee exam and you hear the cracking a year later patients not using a cane um i mean that's you know we have stories like this in psych it's similar you see depression lifting mm -hmm. off of the person as you're seeing them you're seeing psychotic symptoms decreasing you see we don't we've done tardive dyskinesia where we've seen movements you know involuntary movements it's it's one of the um side effects of antipsychotics is is called the tardive dyskinesia and uh we've seen those go away so we've we've seen quality of life changes we've seen we haven't worked in oncology where we've seen like life or death i think that would be like the most dramatic but we've seen definitely like tons of quality of life stuff and i've actually had way more good experiences driving patients around than bad ones um just getting to know them hour-long drives with a patient you're going to get to know them. And if you do that routinely, <clears throat> you develop a unique bond with the patient. You try to help them out. They help you out too. Like you just get into conversation. So there's, there's something lost with, with the staff not driving patients anymore with, you know, Uber and all of that now. It's not necessary. <laughs> I agree. It, it used to be necessary and it was actually beneficial <coughs> to patients, especially bless you, Dan. Thank you. Um, they just got to know the staff, the coordinator, and or whoever else was right. driving. I, it helped with retention. Yep. <coughs> Tremendous. Sorry, listen to Pril cough. It helped with the retention. Um, I remember going. I had a rapport with this one particular patient. It was actually a breakthrough, Chris. Uh -huh. the patient wasn't answering their phone. They didn't want to get out of bed. We already knew what was happening. Um, I said, I'm going to just go. Like, I can talk him into it. I get there. He's not having a good day, but... I talk him into it. He comes out. Hey, let me buy you breakfast. Let's take you, you know, we're not going to do the blood you're going to eat, but let's go get breakfast. Let's go to the site. So you miss that with Uber and no Uber driver is doing all that. I mean, that, you're not getting that done. So that patient would have been a loss to follow up. Instead, he made it through the study. And yep. Yeah, those are like situations I can think of where scaling the unscalable. I mean. No DCT tech. I don't care how advanced the AI is. I don't care if the AI can pierce through the black hole and pull out stuff that we don't know about. It's not able to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. not sure you can teach off. empathy yet. An AI that's empathetic. Yeah. No. I don't know, man. So what about, have you ever uh, taken a stand for your patient or protected them against things that may have been happening in the industry? Yes, recently. Yeah. So how did that work out? Like what happened? They got randomized. Yep. The fight for randomization. Yep. Uh, having this, we had this one, it was literally all coordinators on deck. We had 24 hours to get a coordinator randomized. All of the coordinators jumped in. One spent five hours on the phone with tech support trying to get IVRX. Uh, just trying to get that going. One started talking with the sponsor they, they all just swarmed to help this one patient because we had such a short amount of time to get them on the trial. Yeah. And there was like a certain uh, exclusion that had to be met. So we had to bring in some specialists, bring in, you know, certain assessments. It, I mean, those are the moments where like what you were saying, Dan, that culture of helping each other. Well, that's patient advocacy. Like if yeah. you substitute that Truly. with, DCT or tech, that, that patient's not getting in. Your patient's not getting in. My patient's not getting in. Chris has done this. I know he's done this for patients. So those things get lost. And like also those things get lost at the bigger sites. I mean, if you don't have a culture of like fighting for your patients where they're just another number, then, you know, you don't have that. I agree. So anyone out in the crowd, uh, how many, I don't know if you see how many people are viewing, but anyone in the crowd, what are your stories? What are your CRC stories? 
crowd, 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 crowd. I wish you can just pull someone up from the crowd and get in here. Evelyn did a great job doing her English and span. I'm going to use that for Latinos and clinical research. That and was really you good. Hired me, Dr. Fox, to buy a dry ice machine. I'm telling you, so CRCs, I know that we're, we're talking about CRC stories, but one of the CRC stories we had had to do with dry ice. Uh, if me and Chris still go to buy dry ice. We own sites. Oh, we, own store, we own all this stuff. We still go out. I bought dry ice the other day. Luckily, they had it. Mm -hmm. I bought it. So I'm, I'm going to look into this dry ice machine. Once you start, just go to your local gas, the medical gas facility. You buy the cylinders. You get this uh, device online. You can make your own blocks of dry ice. You buy and, the CO2, right? The Yep, just buy the CO2. Buy the CO2 cylinders. You know, I mean, people, they sell it to, you know, cell culture. They sell the cylinders like that. It's kind of what it looks like. And then it's literally just a little box with a hose on it. Turn it on. It'll make some dry ice for you. You can make it on the spot. It really helps your site to to do some good work. I'm Googling it right now. They're not that expensive. No, that expensive. Not. Dora found a good link after Fox told me. Mm -hmm. And I she found it and then I kind of like ignored her. But mm -hmm. that like it makes small pieces. The bigger ones make bigger, but you can just make more. Like you just buy the CO2 and make yep. more. I mean, there, there's pellet machines. If you prefer pellets, there's the ones that make pellets. They're more expensive than blocks. We don't need all that. We break it down anyways. Yeah, I mean, just use a hammer. We got a hammer back here just for that. <laughs> so what about the other end where uh, have you had the biggest patient tragedies as a CRC? I mean, obviously, there's, there's some things that involve death. And we know that. Um, but I mean, what are, how did you handle that? Like, how do you manage the tragedies as a CRC? Are you asking Dan and I? Because if you are, I doubt either of us have really dealt with that. Because CNS, you're not dealing with terminally ill patients. I've had a case of, um, actually two cases. Suicide? Uh, yeah, both were suicide. Um, not during the study though, <clears throat> but it was after the study and sometimes like months after, I think both, both of them, but I knew them well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's to be expected with psych, like, you know, we do scales, suicide, Columbia, suicide, severity, rating scale. And you do enough of them, and you just go through the motions. But at the end of the day, you realize that, like, those are questions created by very smart people to assess these kind of things. And, I mean, in both cases, there was nothing we could do. There was long after the studies were over, and it's more of a, maybe more of a, more of an illustration of the lack of psychiatric healthcare in this country that, we can do a whole podcast on that, but they were getting the best care. The fact that they didn't do that while they're in the study says a lot more about the healthcare system than what happened after they were out of our care. Yeah. And, and those are the two I know about. There's the, because they made the newspaper in Anaheim. There's probably dozens, sadly that I don't. Um, and that's, that's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. What about you, Chris? The only death during a study that I am aware of was a patient that we wrote off as lost to follow up. Couldn't get a hold of her. Found out after the study was closed by her brother. Somehow he got a hold of us and just wanted to let us know that she had died in a car accident. Wow. And this was after the study was closed and everything. So, but it was during the study and we had written her off as lost follow-up because we couldn't find her. Um, unfortunately, she, like I said, died in a car accident. It happens in oncology and it can happen in the geriatric population. So any kind of a rheumatology things that can be assessed with geriatric populations, even immunocompromisation. If, if someone's immunocompromised, 
especially at an older age, you know, they try to have some of those uh, steroids, some of the immunotherapies, and, uh, compromised immune systems, pretty nasty infections. Um, it's it's very challenging as a coordinator, especially the long term trials. Like you got, we had a trial that went 13 years. <laughs> you get to know these patients, their family, and when they're gone, and you have to sit there and be a coordinator and fill out the documentation and follow the procedures, it can get challenging. I bet. So, all kinds of things to do here. So there's bad, and you know the CRC. It's often looked at as a stepping stone, which take it for what for what you want. There's a reason a lot of CRAs come back to being CRCs when they're fed up with being CRAs. Like, usually it's not a, like the money is one thing. Okay, if you can double your salary, it's very attractive for you to level up in your career. Mm -hmm. But then you realize, well may not be everything like I could have flexibility of my life. Like my site, we allow coordinators. They take any time off you want, as long as you make as the long arrangements as you make yeah. for, for who's going to back you up on, on what and give them instructions. We have cheat sheets for every visit. Uh, it's not, you know, it's, it's not always about the money. I mean, we do what we can. We try to increase salaries as we grow, but, there's a reason people keep coming back to CRC. Yep. And I think I've heard many a CRA tell me, hey, you know what? I really miss the patient engagement. I like on-site visits because I feel like I'm engaging with patients again, even though I'm not. At least I'm in a clinic. I'm in that environment. I had a CRA tell me that yesterday, actually, who was here. And so you take it for granted when, when you do it every day. And then you go and do most of your work on Zoom or in airports. Uh, so there's something special about this role. And let's not just ignore the fact that this industry, as much as nobody wants to admit, it's run by CRCs. Like the PIs, okay, they have oversight, safety oversight. But... The CRCs are the ones doing 80 to 90% of the work at the site level. And without them, there is no research. Like how, mm -hmm. and, and interestingly enough, all this tech talk and outsourcing and all this, who's never mentioned CRCs? So you want to talk about job security? It's, in my opinion, the best. CRC. There's no tech going to replace the CRC. So I got to ask you, Dan, do you have like Christmas parties for your CRCs during the holidays? We've done it. We haven't done it with Yuma Clinical Trials yet because we're part of a larger medical group. So they invite us to theirs. Okay. We piggyback on theirs. Uh, but as we get larger, like we have four staff, four coordinators now, it, it makes sense to do it. Chris and I have done it before with our other sites. Um, Many times, South Coast Clango Trails. I remember paying some of those restaurant bills. Dang, man. <laughs> yep. Remember Yard yep. House? This was like 08, 09. Yep. And we had all three sites come to the Yard House, paid for everything. We had like 20 people or so. Like, back then, it was like 1200 bucks. Today, it would be like 2200 bucks mm -hmm. for that bill. <laughs> Maybe more than that today. <laughs> Maybe more. So Pretty we've had grand. that. We've done Secret Santas. We've done... You know, we haven't done White Elephant. I kind of think that's corny. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> Secret Santa's cool. And that's the other thing I found is CRCs, they get, they know how to party. They can... You've they, been in investigator meetings, man? I mean, can oh, we... Oh, man. SOS after dark? Maybe we can't talk about that. But <laughs> they get down. Well, let's just yep. put it that way. Yep. What happens at SOS stays at SOS, right? Well, I don't even know if SOS is going to get like that because... <laughs> Because some of these IMs I've been to, like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to put myself in those situations again. <laughs> so, I'll just leave it at that. CRCs know how to get down. It's all that uh, like pent up stress. They let loose at yeah. these like, open bars. Yeah, it's management of, of mental health, definitely. 
<laughs> so Chris, what about you? Uh, how do you celebrate your CRCs? Well, Dan already described it. <clears throat> um, generally speaking, now that uh, Dan's in another location, like this last year, Dan wasn't here. Because usually we throw a, a combined party. Um, mm, okay. This, this last year, though, um, we just went out to dinner with a small site. There's a few staff members. So two staff members, the PI, and myself went out to dinner. I know Judy does like Mexico trips to like they. Oh yeah, she goes out. Right, she goes all out like Cancun and stuff. Like for her staff, I think the rule is she'll pay for the hotel and the food as long as you pay for your flight, which is cheap because they're going to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Like she does a week long, all company, like all staff resort. Wow, which that's levels. Like Judy's set the bar. You know, we we don't do any of that right now. That's not to say we won't, but that's going all out. But she's also on her site for like 15 years, the same mm -hmm. site. When she told me that, I was quite impressed. I was like, wow, I don't think I've heard anybody describe what you're describing to me in terms of you pay all expenses except for airfare, right? Which is really cheap. If you go Volaris, it's like 100 bucks. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, but those expenses are way more pricey than the... Um, airfare thousands yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so do, you think, do you think amcs do that for their coordinators no amcs well i shouldn't speak for all of them okay i mean here's my here's what i know about amcs i monitored at one at one <laughs> a big one i've also dealt with hundreds of stories like people like lesma who've asked me or told me basically painted their situation it's a they see it as you're there because you're not going to be there in like a year or two so they they already are they don't care about retention mm -hmm. like they already know you're gone they just want to extract what they can from you and there's like this tension between how little can i do and get away with it versus like We'll just have them do as much as we can get them to do. And not everyone's like that. I mean, they, I always get hate people telling me, oh, no, it's not how it is here. Well, you're probably the exception, uh, not the rule. But I could be wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong. But the hundreds of stories I've I've and I have very few like good stories from AMCs. I do have. They're like in the dozens, but they're outnumbered in the hundreds by the bad. Honestly, I've heard the same thing. The people who stick around at AMCs for 10, 20, the long-term AMC employees, they're the ones who just aren't motivated. They're not driven. They, well, uh, there becomes a, a weird dynamic where you're defending the orthodoxy once you're in that type of organization. Yep. And you, it's us versus them. And like you are the orthodoxy. This is how things are done. Everyone else in our industry is foolish can you believe they're for-profit companies doing research and we're not we're noble yep. and i'm here to publish and i mean okay there's a lot of truth to that but at the end of the day you're discrediting like the ones who do the heavy lifting are the for-profit sites out there literally yeah so i don't know where the holier than thou sop is in the amc handbook but it's there and it's just fair. like what you said, man, it's like, oh, we're the AMC. We're doing it for all the right reasons. You're a greedy person. It's like, well, yeah, meanwhile, we get this stuff done. Meanwhile, your management will chew you up and spit you out faster than faster. Than, I, I'm not. We don't want to get canceled, but they will chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> yeah, and they will. They will. Oh, something funny, Chris. I'll tell you after. All right. Well, we got got a few more minutes, man. This is like an open mic. Uh, this is kind of like an impromptu topic. I've, I mean, you've talked to Brad before. Did, does Brad have any interesting coordinator stories? I haven't actually talked to Brad about his coordinator story. I've talked to Brad about how he manages his staff because we have oh, a lot. I've got one. I've yeah. got one. What's the 
record number of tubes of blood you've had to collect out of a patient on one visit, Too a bad single visit. Here. Evelyn, you've only been here, what, two months? What's the most tubes of blood you've seen so far drawn from one patient in one day? Only five? I know Daisy's done like 15 one day. Oh, you haven't been here for all those. All right, she said five. Daisy's done 15. ACTH stimulation, 30 minutes post-dose, 30 minutes pre-dose, time point zero, 60 minutes post-dose, and then the regular ones before all that. So, yeah, like 12 to 15. It's insane. Insane study. Immuno study, 37 tubes. Oh, my God. It, well, I mean, we took a picture of it. These are all the tubes that have to be taken out of this visit. Um, uh, 30, 19. Time. I'm seeing a 19 on here. What's our record number of tubes? But not at one time. That's like what throughout the day, right? Yeah, over the course yeah. of the visit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not even safe to do like 15 at once. You do like. I Well, so I saw an IRB approved protocol that approved one liter of blood to be withdrawn from a patient. A liter, a liter, a liter of blood, and the and they said, well, you can just give them some orange juice; they'll be fine. That's what the sponsor said. Well, imagine going through all that. All right, imagine going through all that, Fox, and then them telling you, and I we didn't draw a liter, right? But we drew like fifteen. You go through all that for the patient. Patient's in pain. You send them to do the eye exam, X-ray, all this other stuff. And then they tell you after all that, oh, well, the x-ray, you didn't use the right equipment. It wasn't the right angle. But they tell you this like 30 days later, like right before the, the window is to randomize. So you got to do all that again. And you're like, no, we're not. And then that's where the like the patient advocacy comes in. Mm -hmm. But that's crazy, man. That's crazy. I mean, the thing, and well, so what's, what about patient logistics? What's the craziest thing that you've ever like had to run a patient through because of a trial chris got logistics story get up get him chris i'm sorry i was reading a text what what's the question chris tell me your craziest logistics uh story trying to put a patient through logistics like what did they run a patient through for a trial you're like this is just ridiculous why would they do this to this person Mm, I don't know what Dan's referring to. I can't think of anything that would match that question. I mean, CNS, CNS is difficult in terms of all the assessments that need to be done, all the questionnaires. And some studies, it's, it's a ridiculous amount. I mean, it can take nearly the entire day to mm -hmm. do all of the assessments, but that's about as difficult as it gets in terms of the assessments that need to be done. Um, or the hoops that need to be jumped through. Outside of that, it's, it's not really too difficult. What about like the trials that require fasting before you draw blood, but then also the trials that require certain procedures to be performed before the fat, before the blood is drawn? So, oh yeah, that's always fun, especially with the mentally ill. Um, mm -hmm. They'll oftentimes they'll abide by the fasting they'll arrive at the clinic fasting but then they'll immediately be demanding food and it's like well unfortunately it's going to be a couple hours till we can provide you with any kind of food mm -hmm. and like almost every five ten minutes requesting something to eat right yeah um that's probably true with healthy normal people as well or mentally healthy normal um sometimes i would imagine but yeah it, it becomes uh difficult at times to appease these individuals uh, yeah, thankfully, thankfully and this may sound awful they all smoke so if you just say here here's a here's a <laughs> cigarette they'll usually leave you alone for a while that's a secret that the industry doesn't talk about is cns especially schizophrenia like almost all of them smoke i would say 80 percent, and maybe that's low i think that's low yeah and it helps. It, there's actually science behind it. They've developed drugs that are nicotinic receptors. Yep. So yep. the nicotine actually helps them feel normal. Um, and so, yeah, we've given cigarettes as a retention tool. Sponsors have told us, use cigarette breaks, smoke breaks, 
Um, see, the comments are saying the same. Now, in internal med, my current PI is against cigarettes. Like, he, if he even smells cigarette smoke nearby, he like freaks out. He becomes like a bloodhound going to look for like where the cigarette is. So we don't have any smokers. He actually won't take patients that smoke. Uh, that's like been a night and day change. <laughs> I haven't had to buy cigarettes in like years for patients. So have you ever done a trial and you're sitting there and you had to literally tell a sponsor, this trial is resulting in, in our patient suffering and maybe unnecessary suffering. Mm. I can give an example while you're thinking, but washouts. You ever had to do washouts? Washout, where yes. they're on a normal medication and then to be on the trial, they have to do a washout, but to wash yeah. out, they have to suffer. Like uh, they, yep. you know, like a, a lot of room studies, things like that. They're not allowed the medication that prevents pain. We have pain studies. They do give rescue meds. They try to figure out ways around it. Um psych is the same. Like mm -hmm. I mean, they'll wash off of their antipsychotics and they have to be in an inpatient unit while they're doing that because it could be a danger to sell for others. Um, but they have the, you know, again, that's the, that's the proper procedure for that. Um, no, I mean, occasionally when I argue with a sponsor, it was like, Hey, this patient's like suffering unnecessarily due to your, your vendors ineptitude to be quick. Uh, type of arguments, but nothing where I've ever told the sponsor like, "Hey, this is." We just won't take those kind of studies if they're offered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, we just won't take them. What about you, Chris? Nothing I can think of. Nothing you can think of. We're pretty I'm careful watching. about the studies we take. Like one of the things about being small is, you know, you're limited by bandwidth. Like every study you take, you got to make sure you can enroll. And so we're incentivized to pick good studies for our patients. Mm -hmm. Yep. Completely agree. So we're coming up to the top of the hour. I just want to make one point to the audience, whether you're listening to this now or you actually took the time to listen to this here. But I intentionally did not complain about the industry on this episode. <laughs> so I really want to make it a point that Save Our Sites is here for the right reasons. Wait, did we? Uh, we may talk about AMCs a little bit, but we didn't we didn't complain about money. We didn't complain about the whole dynamics between sponsors and sites and C no, this was CRCs, their stories, because you're important to us. Like like Dan said, CRCs are the industry. Whether they're doing the work with the patients now or they're the professionals of the future, they're the future. They deserve that voice. They really need to do this. And I didn't complain about money, not today. Because it's not all about money. It's about the impact of those patients. Yeah. I mean, we'll complain at a later date. That's for sure. But uh, <laughs> we're not today. It's not everything is about. Um, oh, and Lee. Well, shout out to Lee, man. I had a Chris. Lee. I had an hour long conversation with Lee yesterday. Um, I'm probably going to have to call him here soon. Lee, I have another call and then another call. So I'm going to call you like it towards the end of the day, man. I got like booked, like we're booked back to back. And then Evelyn's here. I got to do some training. I promised her some training. Look, guys, the CRCs are asking for more training. Okay. Like where, who does that? At which, at which AMC does this happen? It doesn't happen. They try to like hide the whole day and leave over here. It's different. And there's some, there's something about small, small being the new big. And there's a reason why all these PE companies are buying smaller sites and bundling them up and flipping them to someone. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's happening right now. Yeah. Importantly, the CR, so all the CRCs out there, I hope that you see this. It's about CRCs. We share our stories and this may be a selfish plug. I got IRB approved to do a study to understand how we can help CRCs, how we can, What's important to a CRC? What are the challenges? Uh, I'm doing a study right now at the University of Illinois with some of the groups here. That survey that I sent out, fully IRB approved. We want to target over 300 people to take that survey. 
we really want a good database that we can understand how to how to help our CRCs. There's 15 who've taken it so far. Mm. We we'll we need get, a lot. We'll get one people. right now. We'll get Katie wherever she's at, and then Daisy tomorrow. Means and a lot. So CRCs, if you want a voice in this industry, not only is here a mic for SOS. This is all you. We appreciate you and we want you to be there. But Chris, Rosario can do it. Who's the other coordinator there? Lourdes. Who else? There's not a third? Itsy. All right. Have them three do it. We'll get, and then Brad. Well, Brad's not even here. Where are you, Brad? Yeah. But we need the CRC community to come together. We're here to help you. Here's your mic. All you got to do is speak up. So that's it. Oh, and sure. it, yeah, uh, if you guys want to talk for a minute, I'll I'll find the survey link. I'll put it in here. Uh, okay. I'll try. I'll put it on the... Saveoursites.com. Saveoursites.com. Guys, let me look live. This is like a telethon while Fox is um, looking for... Well, yeah, Fox let's hope this doesn't perfectly. break my country internet. <laughs> so, see what we can do. And uh, now I have to log in. Uh, let's see here. By the way, venue set. Here's a little uh, an Easter egg for anyone still listening. It's very possible Save Our Sites is going to have a sponsor that has never been at a research conference before. So just think of it that way. Like this, There's a lot of people who are jumping on be becoming part of the Save Our Sites Alliance, including some people you may not know, which I'm, I'm really excited about that. Like the there's so many people that I only know from like the internet that I've never met. I've never are, met you, Dan. I've not never yet. met either. Actually, I've never met Brad as well in person. So we need to or do that. So, all right. So anyone watching? I can't log in, so I don't know how many tickets we've sold. <laughs> Forget so, my password, and I didn't connect Versatrial to that one. Post is in the stream. Uh, I, I just posted it. It's on the stream for this live event. So if you have a chance, uh, and if you want to look up CRPN, it's been posted on CRPN a couple times, check out that survey. It's all about helping our CRCs to understand what they need to have to live happier and healthier professional lives. What before I log in? What's the over under on two fifty? Do you have over or under? I'll take like one dollar bets from each of you, Chris. Ooh, hmm. I I think we're over two fifty. Uh, I want to say, I want to be ambitious and say we're at like two fifty nine. All right, Chris. What's your like over or under? Right over here. What was the last number we were aware of? Like 229 or something like 249. that? 249. We were at 249 at the last live event. 249. So are we over or under 250? And that was like three weeks ago? You already have too much info, man. What? <laughs> over or under? <laughs> I'm going to go with over as well. Yeah, you're both right. It's 253. So Fox, thank you. Yep. 253. So thank you guys. Let's get it higher we get till the end of the year and then it's done and then mm -hmm. there, no matter how much you beg borrow steal you can't there, there's no way you're gonna get in unless you buy your ticket this year yep. and october 15th it's coming up a lot faster than you know october 15th is the deadline for sponsorships so if you're not in our save our science alliance by october 15th i mean you're welcome to come buy a ticket come to sos but you won't be part of the alliance not until the next conference. we won't get all the sponsor benefits which are plentiful we're over delivering for sponsors yeah so by it. the way just so everyone knows again i'm going to show this again but I, I we're working on this i'm working on a better way i think i know how to fix it but this is going to be our background eventually right proudly sponsored by look at that one in health green fire real time clinically creo there's more by the way more. They're, they're going to be announced soon so we've got sponsors. We've got some really well-known sponsors and expect to see those sponsors on some of these roundtables because guess what? That's part of the sponsorship. It's not just a day. I like um, Fox is the man of many nicknames and today it's FOMO Fox. So. FOMO Fox. I'll come wait, up with wait. I don't know if I want that. What's my, what's my nickname, everyone? 
Tell me Baby what my fox. name is. We got too many. <laughs> yeah, good, oh, good. Mean Fox. We haven't had a Mean Fox nickname yet. All right. Okay. I, I'm targeting good old cutoff. It's noon. I think good we've had cool. our piece. If you have any CRC stories, leave them in the comments below. Reach out to us. If you want to come on, let us know. But thanks to our uh, Save Our Sites Alliance sponsors. Thanks to those 253 who have supported Save Our Sites for the conference. SaveOurSites.com, February 2nd, 2024. Uh, be there. And if you can't be there, come on to the round table. No big deal. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.